Obama says, get the fuck up, throw your hands in the sky. Weezy's in the back, sipping yak, y'all, what's up? Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Off the Puck Hockey. Uh, today I've got a, a special guest, Graham Clark, player for the Ottawa 67s, drafted to the New Jersey Devils. I'm going to let him do all that, but first just want to thank our sponsor tonight, Gold Hill Roofing, David Churchill up in Barrie. Uh, if, you, if you're looking for a new roof, the summer's coming, he's the guy you want to go to. Uh, him, him and his uh, one of his best friends, Scott, run this small business and we want to buy local, so Gold Hill Roofing, the gold standard. Make sure you check them out, okay? But uh, everybody, again, once again, welcome and thanks for listening in. And we want to get started by obviously letting Graham, uh, introducing Graham and, uh, you know, welcoming to the show. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Uh, nice seeing your face again. I know uh, you're kind of the really uh, familiar face to me and uh, remember living with you at your house. And uh, it was definitely lots of fun in Toronto and uh, definitely great memories. So it's good talking to you again. Well, appreciate having me on. And it was funny, before this thing glitched out, I was actually grabbing my uh, my newborn son I was going to show you. So hopefully maybe we'll get to have Melissa to bring him back down for you. I know you'd obviously like to see him. For sure, for sure. Great. So, yeah, so let's just get started, get right into it. So you know, you move down to Toronto, you get you get paired up with me, unluckily, but you get paired up with <laughs> me in a, in a bill at home and you're playing with the Marlies. So tell me a bit about how that experience is uh, with the Marlies and your coaches there. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, my family kind of chose that uh, the path for me would um, to kind of path for success for me would be to go to Toronto. Um, out of my minor Bantam year, I was able to um, have an opportunity to go to Toronto and play a year up um, for minor, the minor midget Marley's team. And uh, the Hill Academy also reached out, which was uh, the school I went to in Toronto where I met you. And uh, it was just the right fit. I, I visited the the school and it was it just everything seemed really really good about it and um it was uh it was definitely a smart move for me and uh kind of moved my life to Toronto and started everything fresh and met a lot of great people in Toronto and um it was really good and then I also got to play the second year of minor midget again with the Marlies the year after um where I ended up getting drafted to uh the Ottawa 67 so I'm currently playing for now but um really wouldn't wouldn't take back anything that I did in Toronto I think uh it was some of the best years of my life and I met so many great people I still talk to today and um, definitely have fond memories of, uh, of being there. So take me back to the Marlies, those two years, you know, your coaching staff and, and maybe a few of the players, if you want to do some name dropping. Yeah, sure. Um, definitely a lot of guys, uh, well-known guys around the Marlies organization, probably one of the best uh, minor hockey organizations you'll, you'll hear about. Um, on, on the first-year team, I had guys, uh, Akil Thomas, who's drafted by the LA Kings, uh, Alan McShane, who's drafted by Montreal, Kevin Ball, who I play with in Ottawa, who's uh, now with New Jersey, um, just to name a few guys. There's so many. And then um, the second year, I, I got to play on a line with Jack Hughes, who everyone knows, obviously, first overall pick and stuff like that. And um, our coach was actually Dan Brown, who's Connor Brown's dad. Who plays? Uh, who was playing on the Leafs at the time, and who plays on the Sens currently? And Connor would come out to some of our practices, and uh, he kind of ran our power play almost uh, during practices and stuff like that. So, um, definitely, so many connections um, being down there with the amount of it's kind of the hockey mecca of the world, you could say. Um, and definitely, uh, definitely had a lot of, uh, like you said, name dropping a lot of guys because mm -hmm. there's just so many guys like that around. 
So give me a few couple things that Coach Brown and maybe his assistants instilled in you that made you a better person and, more importantly, a better player. Yeah, for sure. I think it was just the, the professionalism, for sure, right off the bat, like wear, wearing your suit right and um, treating your teammates right and um, the camaraderie. With, with Dan, we, uh, at the start of the year, we took a trip to Muskoka and uh, we rented out a big cabin and we all stayed in the cabin and that can definitely get a team pretty close pretty quick. Um, right on the water and it was it was probably one of the best weekends I can remember in minor hockey where we had two days there just did a bunch of team builders you know what I mean messed around on the pool and you know what I mean you got we got in a food fight one night just stupid stuff like that like that you remember forever because it was just a great time with your teammates so I think that to kick off the year was just amazing and then throughout the year just continued support on and off the ice with everything that we were doing and really smart hockey minds all, all the time so it was really good. So the GTHL, a lot of those teams, they, they speak a lot about culture and why to come to the GTHL. But specifically for the Marlies, you know, what was the culture? I mean, what did they expect from you as a young player? A lot of pressure coming in there. Yeah, um, I think they expect uh, that everyone on their team pretty much every year gets drafted to the OHL because <laughs> that's kind of the goal for minor hockey kids and minor midgets. Oh, I want to get drafted to the OHL. That's my goal. I want to play in the OHL. Or maybe you want to go NCAA. Like, their goal is to move you on to the next level. And if they don't, if you don't, then they kind of fail. Right. So um, that's kind of the main thing. And we do extra, we have extra practices. We do extra workouts. We do all this stuff just so that um, we were ahead of the game of everyone. I think we were the only team in the league that had our own dressing room um, just so we had all that taken care of. Um, we pretty much had our own practice facility. Like the ice was rented just for the Marlies for certain days. So, we could have it as long as we wanted and just stuff like that, that um, it's kind of hard to fail when you're, when you're set up for success like that. Great. So now you're, I want to talk a bit about your OHL draft process and I will speak, ask you about your NHL process, but give me, you know, they just went through the OHL draft. Talk a bit about that and, and, you know, talking with the coaches and the coaching staff and maybe the pressure you felt and, uh, and kind of what the process was like. Yeah. Um, it's definitely uh, nerve wracking. I think, um, what some kids do is they worry about this. It's the first time scouts are really have their eyes on you um, in that year. And I think some kids get a little too worked up. I, I, I did too. If you have a bad game, you go to bed and you can't maybe, you maybe can't sleep because you think that someone saw you and that's going to drop your ranking or um, maybe you had a good game and you're getting too excited, but then you have three bad games because you're just living on cloud nine from that one game that you had, you had three goals maybe, and that'll actually hurt you. So um, there's definitely a lot of emotions that play play into it. And um, I think just keeping even keel and uh, remembering that um, you just have to play to the best of your abilities and it doesn't matter who's there. And um, I was fortunate enough to go to my hometown team um, that I always grew up watching. So it kind of was the perfect story for me and um, was really fortunate that they took, took me uh, in the draft and then was able to move back home and um, have lived at home playing the OHL for the last three years. So, so yeah. let's talk a bit about the Ottawa 67. So coach Alex get wins coach of the year again. Um, obviously a fantastic achievement for himself, the Brian Kilray award. Tell us a bit about coach Alex and how he's kind of impacted your life and how he's impacted your hockey club. Yeah. Um, Andre comes with a lot um, for sure. A lot of experience. Yeah. Um, a lot of experience. He's been around, uh, hockey for so long he's uh, he has an interesting story he kind of didn't really play hockey uh, that much growing up but then really just got dived into coaching and uh, 
really worked his way up the the ladder and has coached in the uh, NHL and was obviously the world junior coach this year. And um, he's a really good coach, really good hockey mind, and he really pushes us to be the best we can. Um, I think he gets a lot of out of his players um, and uh, definitely really respect him for that. And um, I think you're going to see him in the NHL in the next coming years here for sure. Uh, like you said, after those accolades, he's coached the year two, two years in a row. And I really think that we had a good shot of winning the Memorial Cup this year um, if it wasn't for the COVID-19 stoppage. But um, obviously you can't, you can't, really, uh, can't really blame anything on that. It's just un- unfortunate that it, all that's going on. So, so Coach Andre, you know, obviously you guys had a had a really good season going, possible Memorial Cup hopes. I guess if I was Coach Andre and I sat down with you in my year-end meeting, what's he saying to you, Graham Clark? This is what you need to do if you want to be an effective in the NHL or at the pro level. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it was a definitely a tough year for me uh, with getting shoulder surgery. I only ended up getting 17 games in um, the whole year, 16 or whatever it was. Um, but he was really stressing on me when I got back from my injury. I think I got like six or seven games in after my injury and he was really stressing just to prepare me for the playoffs. It didn't matter what I was doing in the regular season. He just said, I need, need you to be in those key moments, scoring the goals in the playoffs and, um, really was hard on me to stress, uh, the D zone and getting all my, uh, you know, being in the right spots, being in the right areas and just remembering all that stuff after being off for four months. Um, I think what he would just tell me now is, um, to, for my like to make the NHL is just um, my shots kind of my, one of my best assets so I have to continue to work on that and make it even better and better and um, kind of maximize everything I can get out of that because um, at the next level it's so hard to score and if I can offer that to a team or you know what I mean if I can score a certain amount of goals in a year or, or score that goal when the, it's needed in a game that's gonna you know what I mean bode well for me making it to the next level so he definitely stresses that, but also obviously the D zone stuff and the stuff that you need to just take care of and make sure that you're a reliable player so you can be on the ice in those key moments when they need you to score. So lots of things, obviously, and it's a development league and um, he's all about development and wants everyone to succeed. So um, it's definitely, he's helped me with everything in my game for sure. So a couple things I'm curious about. The first thing I'm curious about is when you're standing behind the net and you want to do that lacrosse goal, what is going through your head? Uh, a lot of the time it's like oh shit do I have the chance (laughs) Um, and then uh then sometimes uh sometimes I do it's it's kind of it's everything's got to work out you got to have a little bit of time behind the net um you got to see that the goalie's down and he's kind of looking the other way because he doesn't expect you to do that and then uh kind of pull it off it's it's a fun one to do and definitely something that I get asked about quite quite often but uh it's definitely fun I think some goalies um in the OHL have kind of uh like they look for me more back there now. So um, we'll have to figure out other ways to maybe pull that off. And uh, I've been, I have a couple new tricks on my sleeve. I'm hoping to showcase next year. We'll see. <laughs> so a couple, so funny thing for anyone that's listening or watching. Um, we, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were, when I was working at the Hill Academy doing the on ice training, we were playing a, a three on three game uh, between the blue lines just to end practice. And I remember I called out last goal wins and I remember you actually pulling the move 
to win the, the game. And I couldn't believe it. It was, <laughs> it was incredible. It was something I'll take with me the rest of my life. I've told that story in many, many circles. But uh, the Sydney City do live. And I was actually, and Melissa and I, my wife, were in the keg. And we were having dinner. And all of a sudden, here comes Graham Clark on the, uh, on the TV. I said, I know that kid. I, he lived <laughs> with me. And, uh, but I'll never forget the day you did it. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad <laughs> we got to talk about that. Yeah, now, for sure. Now, when you're playing the OHL, you need to be creative. You know, you've, you've seen a lot of kids in the OHL. Give me a story or something that you've seen, whether it's on the ice or off the ice at practice, where you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just saw that happen. Well, Matt Strom actually, um, not this year, last year, pulled that move against us again when I was on, I was on the bench watching, so – I think that was right in my face. So I think that was one of the wow moments for me. Um, seeing him pull that off live was was cool. And I'm sure you can look that highlight up. Um, I've seen some pretty amazing saves. A cool story that for me is our goalie, actually, Cedric Andre, who's known as one of the best goalies in the league now. Um, for all those kids who get drafted like a little bit later, he was a 14th round pick. And he's a, he's a small guy and just worked his ass off every day since he was like 10 years old. I've known him since then and um, was really underrated his whole life. And then uh, kind of got a shot at, uh, at camp my first year. So he's been with me for three years and made the team. He's kind of the third goalie here and there. And then the year after just totally like just took the league by storm. And he's been one of the best goalies for the last two years. So that's just kind of a cool story I like to add. And I, I tell people a lot about that because he's a really good guy and, um, just really cool that a 14th round small goalie they took a flyer. He was a local kid and they just took him and really, really took the league by storm. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, a pro contract pretty soon, if it's not this year or next year. Great. And so, you know, you're, you're an up and coming player. You've, you know, like I said, you've got a couple years, uh, you know, you got one, was it one more year left in the OHL, I believe. Yeah. One more yeah. year left and then you're looking to go pro, you know, you're in, you're going through your, you've went through the draft now. Tell me a bit about that NHL draft pros, process. I asked Porco about it uh, the other night, but I want to ask you kind of what your experience was like sitting down with those GMs and were you starstruck at all? Did they ask you any crazy questions that kind of threw you off? Yeah. Um, the interview process is definitely pretty crazy. I think a lot of people say that because you walk into a room and there could be 15, 20 people just sitting there about to grill you um, about certain questions. And uh, it's definitely pretty intense. I think some questions can get really uh, off, off base too. Like where you're just like, how is that even related to hockey? But it all, it all ties back because they want to know how you are as a person and um, how you react to certain situations and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, anyone will tell you the interview process is definitely pretty intense and uh, definitely had to change my shirt after a couple of interviews because I was sweating and stuff <laughs> like that. But uh, it's pretty good. I think the draft was really exciting for me. We, my family, we all went down to Vancouver, um, kind of just sat there. And it sucks when you're sitting in the chair, actually, to be honest, because you just don't know what's happening. For, for me, I didn't really know. Like, I, I knew a range where I could go, but honestly still didn't, didn't, I had a good feeling about New Jersey and it, it just ended up working out that way. And it, uh, it was, it's been really good ever since they've treated me really well, but um, definitely really nerve wracking in both the interview process and uh, just waiting, sitting in the chair, kind of not knowing. And then uh, it's a really good feeling when you do get picked. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know what, I know obviously we're not related, but it was a proud moment for me being able to see you put on the jersey we were watching and really excited for you as a family. So, uh, again, congratulations, and we're looking forward to keep watching you. But I want to transition into something that's a little bit uh, – a little bit closer to home right now. You were talking about Akil Thomas and everything that's going on. You know, your your generation's coming up, and you're talking about racial responsibility and social responsibility. You know, what do you think the youngsters coming up can do to really help into you know integrate with the black players, make them feel more at home? Because I know that's been something that unfortunately just isn't isn't happening right now. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, it's crazy times right now, and um, things definitely need need to get better and. Um, I think um, in the hockey community every year, I think you see more and more um, black players, which is really nice to see. Um, and there's guys like like Akil who are kind of paving the way for, for kids who, who want to get into hockey. And I think um, the door has been open for them and it's, uh, it's definitely really nice to see. And um, in the OHL as well, you see more and more every year come in and um, it's really nice. And um, seeing that's them come into the league and everyone's open to them and like you said the younger generation um it doesn't matter what what skin color they are like they're they can be great hockey players like it doesn't affect how you are on the ice and i think everyone knows that and um just really happy to see that uh things uh in the hockey world at least are getting better every year obviously with everything going on right now is pretty crazy and i obviously everyone hopes it it gets better and uh things are moving hopefully moving in the right direction but um, definitely it's, it's getting better in the hockey world. I see for sure. And, and hockey players are typically, you know, we've been taught to walk on eggshells. I mean, from the beginning, the way we speak, the way we interview, it's, it's very robotic. Do you believe that maybe your generation, the generation after you should be able to open up a little bit more and actually say what you're feeling as opposed to waiting four or five days to put out a statement because you don't want to say the wrong thing? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, and especially the higher you are at, uh, in whatever level you're playing in hockey, um, you're more under a microscope and you definitely don't want to say the wrong thing because people do get scrutinized. Um, if you do say the wrong thing, it's, it's social media is a crazy thing now and obviously all the TV programs and stuff like that. But um, I think you're seeing right now uh, a lot of players coming out. I saw like Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, like top players in the league like that, just say, voicing their opinion. And I think that's really important because if they can – um, muster up the words to say something and um, really mean it to uh, to show everyone how uh, how they feel and how things should change. Then uh, I think everyone can move in that direction. Hopefully, so um, it definitely is big for hockey players to have because they have such a platform. They can reach a lot of people with that platform. So um, whatever they can do is uh, is good for sure and is uh, is helping. There's no negative to saying. Um, what you what you think and what you believe on your on your social media or in the media at all how can i guess the the game of hockey interact with fans more do you think that players can be can get mic'd up do you believe that there you know there's could be more cameras maybe on the helmets things like that like is there have you ever i guess had uh you know had any thoughts around that yeah i think uh every year you see more and more stuff happening like that because it's just the entertainment value keeps going up and up um, I, a lot of there's the debate like you don't want to take too much you don't want to put too much in because it kind of ruins the the heritage of the game but honestly uh, they've done a great job with it I think they're going to continue to do that with the like you said miking guys up because and the, 
I think the f- best thing for me is watching those 24-7s where they have all the film of the guys off the ice and what they kind of do away from the rink and stuff like that is, is pretty cool for me because, um, you know what I mean, you see, you watch the games, you can see what they're doing on the ice, you know that they're practicing, but what else are they doing? So um, I think they're definitely uh, making that more of an element for sure and uh, definitely like players are under more of a microscope, but I think uh, as fans it's, it's really cool. Perfect. So I got a couple rapid fire questions for you that are just kind of fun. So game seven Memorial cup final. All right. Get, you haven't game in, you haven't come out the door yet. Ready to go. What's in the headphones. Oh, I don't know. We don't, we, we have the music just blaring. We don't have the headphones. Uh, usually we'll have some, uh, some rap stuff or some, uh, some rock stuff going right before we go on the ice. Usually okay. as a team. Loudest coach you ever had. Uh, definitely Andre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> longest post-game losing speech. Yeah, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. <laughs> I, I won't say who, but yeah. They've got long before, for sure. <laughs> uh, best message that stuck with you, if, if you can remember. Like just one sentence or a couple sentences. Some that sticks with you. Um, I think just you haven't made it until you made it kind of thing. Just keep working um, as, as hard as you can because uh, uh, obviously I'm still a young kid and haven't made it yet. So that for sure probably. Favorite place to shoot from on the ice? Uh, top of the right circle maybe, half wall. <laughs> okay, elaborate one timer or just that it doesn't matter, just whatever. Uh, wrister, wrister for sure. Oh, yeah, strong side. Strong side. All right. So I just gave your position away to like 90% of the goalies. If anybody listens, to it. That's <laughs> awesome. yeah. you're You're coming up through and you got young, you know, you got a, you're in front of a group of youngsters and you're, you know, what are you telling them about, uh, you know, the process and, and believing in your dreams? Yeah. Um, I think that if I did it, if I did it and I just worked hard than anyone else can too. Like I thought when I was a young kid that like I'd go to 67s games and there'd be like my idols and stuff like that. I thought I could never be there. And then um, eventually you, you work your way up to, to that level. And I think if you just keep chasing it, you're eventually, you can eventually get it for sure. And what's the, and, and again, just from a personal standpoint, what do you have to do? Like what's your, what do you have to do to be become an effective NHL player? Yeah, I know there's still a lot of work to be uh, to be put in. Um, I've still been training, even though I can't go on the ice right now. Really, I've been working hard in the gym, getting faster, working on my, my first three strides. Um, worked a lot on my defensive zone this year um, when I was injured, kind of watching film and stuff like that. And um, being more physical, I think, too, as you go up in the levels in pro, things get a lot, bodies get bigger, people get more physical, more hungry for pucks. So, just everything like that. Um, I definitely have a lot of work to do to, to be a NHL player and uh, kind of w- willing to do that for sure. Cause it's the best job in the world. Perfect. Just uh, tell, give me something uh, along your travel, just something you can remember off the top of your head that made you laugh or maybe something that the viewers would find hilarious that maybe people don't get to see on a regular basis. On the travel side? Just traveling or on the hockey yeah. side. Just for something a coach did. Like, a, for example, like I remember our, our finals. So next Thursday, I'm actually bringing my whole championship team on from 2014 when I was up in Quebec. And so they're all going to talk about And I guarantee they'll tell this story. But uh, when I was doing a video review, we used to have it about 50 feet above the ice where we had our um, – 
we had a media booth there and they had a computer monitor and I was so fired up for game six or game five when I was pressing the, uh, the computer monitor, I actually pushed it off the edge and it dropped 50 feet and we couldn't do video. And that's, that's a true awesome. story. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we couldn't do video and the kids, but the kids will never forget it. They're all fired up. And uh, I remember a lot of guys and I remember the owner come up and tell me after we won, he gives me a big hug and he goes, by the way, he still owe me a, fucking computer monitor and so i thought it was funny but it didn't matter we were we just won so you know give me something on the lines of that where you um you know just something that you can remember yeah that's pretty crazy for sure um def i think i was in um slovakia bratislava for a spring tournament when i was really young when they used to do those traveling spring teams and uh i think for the finals i guess for some reason the change rooms got all messed up and we played a team in the finals, but we changed in the same room as them. And our coaches gave like fired up pregame speeches in front of each other. Like we didn't say like, can you go outside for a bit? Like we just, like they were saying all the week, like we, our coach was saying all their weaknesses, calling out guys, everything. And then their coach did the same thing. And um, I think that's something that I'll remember forever. Just going on the ice and like after just basically coaches just ripping the, the other team and stuff. So it was pretty intense. Um, just hearing that because like, like you'll never hear the other team's pregame speech right you're always in the other room but we're we're all in the same room so that's that was kind of a crazy minor hockey story I could I could say for sure <laughs> good so what uh, you know you got next year is next year the year Memorial Cup Ottawa 67s I hope so I was really hoping this year um, we had a great team and we had the team to do it I think um, even the year before we went to the finals lost in game six so um, it's really good, but you've seen time and time again, we team, uh, people don't think we're that good going into the year and then we end up being the best team in the league. So, um, I think we can do it again and we have the players to do it. So I'm just really excited and hopefully we can get back to hockey pretty soon. That's kind of the goal, but we'll have to see with, uh, hopefully everything gets better for sure. Well, listen, uh, I can't thank you enough for having you on and, uh, and again, taking the questions. And uh, we'd love to have you back and hopefully we can get you on. And uh, again, we wish you the best of success moving forward, you know, health and safety to your family. And uh, again, I can't thank you enough. Thanks a lot, Tyler. Really nice talking to you and uh, hope to do it again for sure. Yeah, my pleasure. Once again, this is Off the Puck Hockey. Thank you guys very much for, for tuning in, whether you're listening on Facebook or you, you tuned in live. And again, we'll be posting this on YouTube. You can subscribe on our YouTube, Off the Puck Hockey, or you can – Follow us on Instagram, Off the Puck Hockey. And again, thank you very much. I'm your host, Tyler Fines, and everybody have a good night and stay safe.